Previously on Those Were the Days. We'll start with the podcaster's prayer. Redneck engineering. And it was a delight. Just wrapping myself up in the nice warm flannel uh, blanket. The exploding, I forgot to clean the grill too many times. I think that was a Ford F-250. I'm pretty sure that's not the sound a possum makes. I was like, I kind of want that. It's Travis's gift, not the internet. That once the talons come out of my skin, I'm I'm a a podcaster. podcaster. But I can change change. if If I I have have to. to. I guess. I guess. Those were the days is filmed before a live internet audience. Welcome to Those Were the Days. Tonight, we venture back across the pond as we wrap up a month of non-U.S. television series back in England. 221B Baker Street, to be precise, and we must always be precise. I will be your host on this adventure into mystery and intrigue, Travis, a.k.a. TV's Travis. But what host is complete without a merry cast of esteemed friends and colleagues? Joining me on this journey into the criminal world of Victorian London is the affable Audie. I am a podcaster, but I can change if I have to, I guess. Wait, wrong episode. Oh, look. <laughs> Newspaper. Maybe there's a good advertisement for something in here. Let's see. Oh, here's here's a weird one. Some guy knows a Greek got picked up and oh, wasn't allowed to see where they took him. Huh. Oh, he knows Greek. Okay. So he had to translate from some guys that were roughing up some other guy? I feel like that might be code for something. He worked all night. Yep, code for something. And then they took him back, again, without seeing where, and then dropped him off. Oof, literally. If anyone knows who these folks are to contact this Mycroft Holmes? Weird. Look, safe words were established for a reason. Still, this Mycroft really wants to know who these guys are. Not my jam. Good luck with your kink, dude. That did not go where I thought it was going. <laughs> also with us is the resolute and steadfast Stephen. Tally ho! What, what? Harumph, harumph. I'm British. Oi, oi, oi. That's all I got for you today. <laughs> and finally, someone with a keen eye for detail that rivals even the great detective himself. It's Amy. One of my favorite things about Sherlock Holmes stories is that anytime he encounters a female character who is not a housekeeper or just like a like a house woman, um, the the moral of the story always winds up being ah, women. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. If you couldn't tell by now, we are discussing the Granada television series of Sherlock Holmes, specifically from the first series of it called The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Um, This ran from 1984 to 1985 in its initial run of 13 episodes. Uh, And before we dive too deep into it, um, I'm curious because I watched these. I have watched these for many, many years. Um, I want to know if any of you have any history with the character itself as well as this particular incarnation. I want to start with Stephen. I like to fancy myself a fan of classic literature. 
and mysteries as a kid who grew up on Hardy Boys. Mm -hmm. But I have to confess, despite having gotten Sherlock Holmes books from the library countless times, I've never completed one. (laughs) Uh, And I've always always wanted to, but I brought them home, started them, and went, well, all right then. (laughs) It's kind of like when you're a kid and you just determine you're going to read Moby Dick, because, I mean, white whales and stuff. But no, uh, so... I, I know a lot about Sherlock Holmes in that I've been I've seen his many incarnations. Mm-hmm. The one that actually hooked me is really kind of an uh, analogy for Sherlock Holmes. That's House Doctor House yeah. himself was a Holmes alike kind of show. Uh, that was the closest I ever got to like a watching this detective do his thing. I loved the Great Mouse Detective, also Sherlock Holmesy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is a long winded way of me just. Explode, trying to know what I'm talking about without knowing what I'm talking about. Uh, and that's, I've never watched this show in my life, Travis, All ever. Right. <laughs> no. Excellent. Audie, how about you? <laughs> yeah, I never watched this. I was familiar with it only because I remember the commercials for it on PBS back in the day. Um, I think, like Stephen, I've known about Sherlock Holmes. Like, Sherlock Holmes is one of those characters that is just in the zeitgeist because. At some point, somebody read him and adapted his stories some way or somehow or watched this or, you know, this or that. Like, I think uh, same way. Um, uh, what was the animated thing? Um, you just mentioned it, Stephen. Great, Mouse, completely, Detective. Great, oh, Mouse, Detective. Great Mouse Detective. Great Mouse It's probably my first real introduction yeah. to a Sherlock Holmes story. Mm. Um, and then just other things here and there. I got really hooked on the most recent BBC incarnation of Sherlock with... Benedict Cumberbatch and yeah. Martin Freeman. That one that um, very popular. Which, watching this one, I heard the theme in their theme. And I was like, oh, yeah. that was a nice little callback that I didn't realize they did in the more recent series. So um, it was interesting to actually watch this, for sure. Excellent. Amy, how about you? Welcome to my TED Talk. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. No, I am, I am huge in, it, weirdly, Having not seen this particular version, I'll start there. Okay. Um, but I am I am hugely into Sherlock Holmes. Um, Basil of Baker Street was number two in my heart, directly behind, of course, Robin Hood. Um, that, growing oh, up, absolute favorite. I have read essentially all of them. Um, and then in my teens, I want to say, can't have been early 20s, but it was probably my teens. Um, I got really into this book series uh, by an author called Laurie R. King. Um, and the, basically the premise is that Sherlock Holmes did not die at Reichenbach Falls and is instead in retirement out in the countryside. And he meets this young, this young girl who is as, you know, extraordinary as he is. And it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Um, and I was in, you know, a, a sort of online, you know, fan group for the series and for most of the people um, or maybe not most, but a large vocal group. Um, Jeremy Brett is absolutely their favorite Sherlock Holmes. Um, was that, so that Laurie, was, cool. I, was that Laurie King series, The Beekeeper? Yes, The okay. Beekeeper's Apprentice. Yep. Um, those are loved those, are really those good. books. Loved those books. Um. So yeah, I I do think though at at this point, I mean, I don't know if we're gonna talk about, it, but I do think that like. The the Guy Ritchie movies really renewed my love. 
<laughs> um, and then Enola Holmes, if you haven't watched Enola Holmes, oh, yeah. highly recommend. Um, because then you get Henry Cavill's Sherlock Holmes, which yeah. I'm like, let's we we could do that though, because <laughs> he's even allowed to we drink water do to do that. that one. Like that's okay. Right. <laughs> let's do that. Um, yeah. So I'm a I'm a huge fan. Uh, I am. I'd forgotten about Enola Holmes. Enola man. Holmes. Is and yeah. Sure, yeah. I read these books. Yeah. Sorry. I read these books called the Sherlock Holmes Junior Society or something in seventh grade. Yep. Nice. There was like three of them. And I was like, where are more? And there weren't more. So, yeah, there was. I did associate with Sherlock a little in literary form. There you go. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so big, big, big Sherlock Holmes fan here. Um, I've been reading them since I was a kid. I would get the books on tape when we would go on road trips. Um, there was a particular one my library had that was read by Basil Rathbone. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a great one when I was growing up. Uh, I've watched many different incarnations, iterations, read the novels. In my home, I, gr- I went and grabbed this right before we started recording. In my home, if there was a fu- if a fire were to break out, there are two things and only two things that I would absolutely have to get out of the house. One of them is the truck downshifting on the highway behind me, the snoring dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's good. And the other is this, which is my the complete Sherlock Holmes uh, collected works. And this was, let's see, the publishing date on this is 1938. Um, nice. This was given wow. to me. And uh, I, I love this. And this is the only other item that I would absolutely have to get out of the house uh, if it were to burn. Um, so I've been... A fan of just, I mean, and and the character himself, Sherlock Holmes, is, as Audie put, just part of the zeitgeist, hugely influential. There's been, I think, hundreds of adaptations in on screen, not to mention on stage, not to mention mm-hmm. in audio play format. Um, I, I had, believe it has uh, Sherlock Holmes as the Guinness World Record for most portrayed in character. Yeah, in, I would in believe all that. Media. Yeah. yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Why? Like what? What makes Sherlock such a? I mean, if you think uh, some, about such it, such like, well, the number one, stories were very pulpy, right? Yes. Like that was the mm-hmm. whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. you're writing about this detective who's working. This is like the first story came out the year before Jack the Ripper really took off, which yep. was famously a, an entire case that the police just utterly bumbled because they didn't care because it was people that they didn't care about, and yep. so the whole idea of this, you know. That there's somebody that's looking out for you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what, you you know, that there's somebody that you could go to in a situation. Probably kind of seemed pretty good. He was... Yeah, because he he's not in for the money. He's in it for the mystery. Yeah. He's right. in it to find the answers. Because yeah. he, he yeah. was the first consulting detective, uh, which is a wonder. I yeah. love that title. I love the title so of consulting mm-hmm. detective. Uh, another reason why it's been adapted so many times is it became public domain fairly early yeah. on. And so yeah. it was free. Oh, yeah. okay. You could just do it, um, which helps. Sweet. Uh, but, is, I mean, just hundreds of incarnations of him. And I loved Basil Rathbone. He was, you know, the 1940s, he was doing the, the movies, and he was great. I have uh, an audio collection that has uh, Sir John Gielgud as Sherlock Holmes, also fantastic. Have um, you seen the um, Sir Ian McKellen Mr. Holmes movie from 2015. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen mm. it, but I, I haven't either, to. and I want to. I want mm. to a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I when that yeah, came yeah. out, it reminded me a lot of The Beekeeper's Apprentice 
It made me yeah. think of that book. Yeah. Um, but I haven't seen it. I want to. Uh, I just never got See, around to it. See, now I just want. Now I want. Now I want Sir Ian and Patrick Stewart to just be oh, old yeah. Holmes oh. and Watson, just chilling. Be oh my fantastic. gosh, please! Be so How much? Good. Just take my money. Yeah, like, this is great. Um, but of all the versions of it, like I like uh, Young Sherlock Holmes. I enjoy that movie. Um, I thought that was a lot of fun. You mentioned Great Mouse Detective. It's great. There's all sorts. Of, not only are there a ton of Sherlock Holmes, but then the adaptations of it, the the spinoffs. Yeah. Um, and the different, you know, reworkings of that house is a great one. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But throughout all of them, this version that we watched for this week, the Granada television series, is is the Sherlock Holmes for me, like above all the other ones. When I think of Sherlock Holmes, I see Jeremy Brett and I hear his voice. Um, mm-hmm. It's interesting is that he grew up with um, roticism and he couldn't pronounce the letter R. And he had to have corrective surgery for it and then train himself. And But you, if you watch this episode and you watch him as Sherlock especially, he's got incredible diction and he's very sharp and precise with mm-hmm. everything. And you think about him as a young man not being able to pronounce the letter R. It just kind of baffles yeah. me a little bit. Um, Today I learned the word roticism for people who cannot pronounce the letter R yeah. is just dang cruelty. It's like lisp. Yeah. yeah, it's just not nice. Some a hole invented these words for these people, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I hate him. <laughs> so, so the Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, or if you find it, I think it's streaming on BritBox as just Sherlock Holmes. Um, it's also I did find today uh, that somebody has them all up on um, YouTube. So there's a playlist of all there of them go. on YouTube. So it started in 1984. Um, it ran until 1994, uh, not consistently. Like it ran for a couple of years, and they took some time off. So they did 13 episodes of the Adventures, and then a couple of years later, they made um, a feature length of the Sign of Four. They made four feature length uh, episodes and five, uh, or five feature length, sorry, and then uh, four series: the Adventures, the Return, the Casebook, and the Memoirs. Uh, the last two being a little bit shorter. The first two were 13 episodes. The last two were nine and six. So it was a total of 41 episodes and five movies that they made over the course of 10 years. Um, all of them starring Jeremy Brett. We watched an episode early on that had David Burke playing uh, prof- or Dr. John Watson. He initially did it for the first th- 13 episodes and then decided he wanted to spend more time at home with his young son. And uh, so he left and they brought in another gentleman by the name of Edward Hardwick uh, to play Dr. Watson um, throughout the rest of it. Uh, and it played here on PBS. And also I remember seeing it on, and I may have even found it via A&E of all. Oh uh, yeah. It played on there for a little while too. Um, but one of the things they were doing when they made this particular series was they wanted to stay very close to the original source. So yeah. they made it a period piece. They, they really, John Hawksworth was um, kind of the, the director of a lot of it and uh, one of the showrunners. And he, uh, Michael Cox, created it. And they wanted to stick real close to things. They did make some changes, which I will talk about the, a couple of changes they made in this particular story. Um, but Jeremy Brett, who was kind of reluctant, this I found interesting. He was almost James Bond. He was considered for James Bond after Sean Mm -hmm. Connery. Um, Because at the time, he was a stage actor. He'd been doing, uh, like, Hamlet 
And also, I mean, he did a lot. He His stage career is pretty impressive. But um, he ended up losing out to Roger Moore. And in a way, it's kind of good, I think, because we wouldn't have probably gotten um, him as Sherlock Holmes if he had played James Bond. He would have been working on that at the time. And that would have been a crime against humanity because he's so <laughs> good. He is the polar opposite of Sherlock Holmes. The character of Holmes he embodies so well is not who Jeremy Brett was. Jeremy Brett was very gregarious, very outgoing, very very friendly, just this lovely person. And he's talked about how difficult it could be at times to play Sherlock because he's so cordoned off from everybody. He's such, so isolated, mm-hmm. and he's very dark. And it actually messed with him some. He had he ended up getting diagnosed manic depressive uh, after the f- initial run of the series, and he started he got uh, prescribed lithium, and um, it. He he was reluctant to do it at first because he didn't want to get typecast. But he ended up basically from like 1984 on. It was base. It was his entire career was just being Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Um, but uh, it did cause him some health issues. He got uh, in the hospital a few times for uh, for stress related health issues, and he would have trouble with it. But he put so much of himself into the character. He and should he have obsessed. just Sherlock Holmes did and used <laughs> cocaine. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Um, he could have uh, right there i mean mean, just method yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but he uh sadly passed away in 1995 at the age of 61 uh, of heart failure um but uh and he he also uh he didn't do cocaine he smoked a lot um edward hardwick said at one point he was smoking like 60 cigarettes a day like it was a it was a time yeah yeah, I mean to be fair. I mean it's good for you if twenty of them are good, sixty is better, right? Nine out of ten doctors yeah. agree that they did receive money Just, from this. Hey, what happened to your uvula there, Ted? You got a hole in the middle of it. You whistle when you speak. Felt <laughs> 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 like you swallowed a squeaky toy. When he uh, when he signed on to do this series, he just dove into it, and he would read it constantly, and he would uh, just obsess over details, and he really created such a character, and he he really obsessed over mannerisms and speech patterns, and he brought and what he brought to it, and what I love about it is there's an energy to Sherlock Holmes that he has at all times, whether he's speaking or not. Mm. That I absolutely adore. If you if you do end up watching any more of these episodes, and we'll kind of we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, he's just so good at it in both the loud, boisterous moments and those quiet moments, um, those moments where he's just contemplating with a pipe and thinking out a problem. Uh, I thought he's just he's just amazing. It's I can't say enough good things about him. Um, and by all accounts, he was a pretty lovely person. Uh, in every interview I've seen with him, he's just fascinating to listen to. And um, he and Edward Hardwick had a really good because uh, he he got along really well with David Burke, and they did the series. And then when Burke left, and they brought in Edward Hardwick later, he's like he he even said I was a little worried at first because you have a good rapport going in Holmes and Watson. It's like you know you're going to change that up, but they immediately hit it off, and they ended up doing not only the series and the movies, but they did. Uh, a year or two run on the stage as Holmes and Watson oh, wow. together as well, which was pretty cool. Also, real quick, this was a fun b- bit of trivia. Jeremy Brett played Dr. Watson um, on stage, I think, 
a couple of years before he got cast as Sherlock Holmes. He was Dr. Watson something. So he's one of the few actors to have yeah. played both professionally. That's great. Nice. Oh, wow. Which is pretty cool. Um, we watched an episode called The Greek Interpreter. And uh, I'm going to guess that, Stephen and Audie, you haven't read that one before. Negative. I, I haven't. I didn't even know it was a story. I know, like, Hounds of the Baskervilles and that Hounds of the Baskervilles. <laughs> yeah, I got it. <laughs> yeah. Amy, were you familiar with the Greek interpreter uh, I, story? I'm sure, I'm sure I read it at some point, but I didn't remember it sure. really okay. at all. <laughs> the main reason I chose this episode for us to watch, because it's not my favorite of the series, but it did introduce Mycroft, and Mycroft mm-hmm. is awesome. I love him as a character, and he's great. Charles Gray plays him in this episode, and Charles Gray as this kind of almost... Wild just crazy old man is he's perfect he's so good i was like hang on (laughs) yeah hang on quite the age discrepancy uh there like oh this is my decades older than me brother (laughs) to be fair or at least it seemed that way two decades older than me brother i I mean i'm not saying it doesn't happen it was just striking he also aged when he came out with his big gray mutton chops he was great i do still think that stephen fry is my favorite mycroft oh man i mean Stephen Fry is Stephen Fry is my favorite anything. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do like so the the BBC Sherlock with um, Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Mm -hmm. I do enjoy that series, and Mark Gatiss as uh, as Mycroft in that is also quite good because he's a very different Mycroft. He's more he's borderline antagonistic. Like they really Mm -hmm. lean into that part of like the sibling rivalry. Yeah. Whereas here, Charles Gray and and Jeremy Brett, like their Sherlock and Mycroft don't butt heads quite so much. Right. But yeah. I also love the introduction mm-hmm. of him in this episode. Because the episode opens up with just a kind of a cold open of it's like the dock and some guy coming out and um he's looking confused, starts looking at some papers when someone walks up to him and starts talking to him and he just responds back in Greek. And the guy's like, Well, <laughs> I don't uh I don't know what you're saying, but yes, I'm Mr. Latimer, come with me. And takes the <laughs> takes the guy, and when they get him around a corner, they just whack him in the back of the head, throw him in a carriage, and take off. And then opening credits. Yeah. Like, it's kind of a – there was a lot of that in the cold opens for these. Um, well, if I've learned anything, too, from uh, movies, it's if there's cobblestone fog and you're in London, don't follow strangers anywhere. Mm-hmm. No, um, it never ends well. It's pretty much guaranteed. Yeah, it's not going to be a good time. <laughs> Yeah, um, we get a narration uh, from Dr. Watson, uh, which is in the style of the stories. Everything was told from Watson's point of view as he's recollecting these cases. And uh, David Burke was great as Dr. Watson because he has this this look on his face of like, something with his smile always got me, where he's like, he doesn't quite believe what Holmes is telling him. At any point, yeah, and I just right? love like that. you can be like, like, ah, yeah, that person is an accountant, and they've been in the war, and you're like, okay, um, yeah, right, <laughs> sure, sure, whatever you say. Healthy skepticism, okay, yeah. Grandpa, from Watson. <laughs> yeah, this will get you to bed. Mm-hmm. And and I love the framing of this particular story where we're learning for the first time that that Holmes has family and he has a brother. Yeah, um, and it's the first mention of the Diogenes Club. Which I like the uh, there's only two two stipulations for entry uh, shyness and misanthropy. Hmm. 
I do like that. I don't think I've ever heard it pronounced anywhere else before. What Diogenes? Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There you I go. mean, that's all. It's the first time and only time I've ever heard it pronounced was in this series. Um, that's what so. I'm saying. <laughs> huh. uh, but they go to meet Mycroft because he's got <laughs> an issue and needs wants uh, Sherlock to find out about it. And I do like the introduction of him off camera of like. Yeah, he's even a better detective than I am. And Watson's like, oh, come on, yeah. really? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great because you learn, if this was your first episode watching, you, you learn so much about Sherlock right away Yeah. From, from that moment where, you know, his whole thing of, like, counting modesty among the, amongst the virtues and, like, you know, detracting from your own uh, abilities is just as bad as in overinflating them. Like, mm-hmm. it just is... What I've told you is is one hundred percent the truth, um, and you do learn. Like Mycroft is, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Mycroft is as good a detective as, uh, or he's good at, as good at observing as Sherlock. Yeah, mm-hmm. he just doesn't. He care. has the same brain power. That's my yeah. favorite thing about Mycroft. Is Mycroft is like absolutely brilliant and lazy as mm-hmm. hell, and so he just gets a government job moving money, yep. and that is so good. That's my spirit animal. Mycroft so is just good. like, just think about all the things you could accomplish. Yeah, but that sounds like a lot of it's hard like work. A lot of work. I, I mean, can just move numbers around for the government. Yeah, <laughs> I can be real good they at crossword puzzles, that. but do other stuff. <laughs> That'd be great. Sit in my club, not yep. speak to people. Which the Diogenes Club is great. Like that scene where Watson walks through it, and just everybody in there is sitting in utter silence reading newspapers mm-hmm. that's the, the club most unclubbable men in london <laughs> i and would la- love to be a part of that club it <laughs> sounds great right i think my favorite part though is that later on we get the shot of that butler walking down the hallway with like a drink on a tray yeah and they focus on his feet and he's got socks mm-hmm. over his shoes yeah the sound <laughs> it's, it's wonderful that was impressive love it um, because so- like Watson and Holmes walking down that hall, it is very notably oh, yeah. click, click, click down mm-hmm. that hall. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yes, because this is Victorian London, and boy, those shoes were, those were hard leather soles. Mm. Yeah, they, they were. had no rubber yeah, tennis shoes. Got it. Yeah. Um, so Mycroft has a man that lives by him uh, by the name of Melas, who is a Greek interpreter, and he needs help because something weird happened to him the night before. He was roused from his... Uh, from his apartment late, which they say late, it was like seven o'clock. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was like seven o'clock. I mean, that said, I, yeah. yeah. If it's somebody also, comes to get me I mean, at seven o'clock, I'm really right. like, it's so late. Yeah. It's also, and it's, when, the, when you're talking about gas lamps, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. They're, they're trying to go to bed. It's mm-hmm. the sun is down. Yeah. But we get, uh, we get <laughs> the story told to us via flashbacks of uh, Melos was taken. He was put into a carriage with no uh, with shades all over the windows and driven for two hours before he got to a house where he was told to be an interpreter for a Greek person. Neither of the two men spoke Greek, and but he was not allowed to do anything but speak the questions and then translate the answers. And that was that it. That could so only be written. Yes. My favorite part about mm-hmm. him telling the story is that, you know, he's like, I couldn't see anything and Holmes is like well didn't you listen and he's like yeah 
I did. And I was like, you like planned. Like, because you live, I feel like because you know Mycroft Homes, you were prepared for this <laughs> very question. <laughs> yep. These are the conversations yeah. you have with the homes. You're like, no, yes. I did listen. Mm-hmm. Here's what I know. I, I loved that. Uh, so the story goes that, um, you know, he was, the, there was a man there that they wouldn't let speak. They had him like gagged and he could only write. But they were asking him questions. And he eventually figured out that, well, these two guys don't know any Greek, so I'm just going to slip in some some stuff and see if they notice and try to get more information. But before he could get more information, a woman came into the room, things ensued, and then the guys were like, all right, well, we're done, and kicked him out. And they drove him another two hours back and then just literally dumped him out of the carriage. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the threat of bodily harm if you talk to anyone. Uh, they did give him five sovereigns, though, which pretty good amount of I money mean, for. Pretty good. Dude, so, can I, we talk about the villain guy for just a second? Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. villain guy, I can't remember his name. You have to forgive me. What was it? I got an IMDb right here. George or uh, Wilson Kemp. Yes. Uh, was that the guy? That yep. was the main bad dude. Mm-hmm. I was and I was completely enthralled by this guy's <laughs> performance. Like everything about him, his mutton chops, his big old glasses that magnified his eyes, mm-hmm. the way he spoke, I was sitting, I was like drawn in. I'm like, what is he saying? What's that guy I'm like leaning into the camera? Oh, oh my gosh. It was like ASMR for me, though, a little <laughs> bit. Because like, I'm falling asleep. I don't know if it's rhythm or the gentle way he was speaking. He reminded me a lot of Tote from Indiana Jones yes. and the yeah. Raiders of the yes. Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. So, exactly it. Like, I was like, I've seen this man. As a Nazi somewhere. Here's the I'm funny thing. Yeah. Here, here's the really yeah. funny thing is he didn't play Tote in Raiders of the no. Lost Ark. Right. But the actor that did was in this series at one point. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. wow. They what? used him in the series. He played uh, twins in, a, in an episode. Uh, one of the, huh. I think it was in the Sign of Four, the, the first feature length one. Because I remember seeing that like, that's, that's, when I was younger, I'm like, that's the Nazi guy yeah. from, from freaking. Indiana Jones, but with the with the clothes hanger, yeah, that's the guy. <laughs> uh, there was also an episode of this that had a young Marina Sirtis in it. Ooh. No way. Yeah. All right. Um, so Watson or uh, Holmes takes the case. I do like when they come back from the story, and then it's just like Mister Molasses sitting there waiting, and here's Sherlock, Watson, and Mycroft sitting just thinking. Well, mm-hmm. two of them are thinking. Mm-hmm. Mycroft is asleep, um, right? And uh, <laughs> which is wonderful. He just just nods off. Um, Sherlock takes the case. It's like we're gonna f- we're gonna figure this out. Uh, Mycroft had put an ad in the papers. Which okay, mm-hmm. Mycroft, my, my man, is this a <laughs> smart move? This man has told no. you that if he tells anyone they're going to kill him and you're like let me just put this in the paper hang on i I mean mean, i know it's a it's it's a very holmesian thing to do like that and the irregulars were like the the way that you got stuff done Mm -hmm. you just put an ad in the paper and stuff happened but like come on my (laughs) man i also wonder if like the dude He's like the dude calling Walt, and Walt's like, whatever, uh-huh. you kidnapped yourself, we'll throw the ringer. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's what this is. But I also yeah. wondered if Mycroft being a Holmes was like, didn't bother to tell Mr. Malas this until just this moment when he's telling his brother, like, oh yeah, I have a feeling that definitely happened. Like, Mycroft didn't run this by 
the guy first. He just he just oh, no. did it. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Sherlock takes the the case and is like, "We're going to figure this out. Um, go home." And tells the tells Malas to leave. Who, as he's leaving, who's a member of the Diogenes Club? Because again, shyness and misanthropy. Mister Latimer, one mm-hmm. of our one of our villains, who sees him leaving. So Holmes and Watson head back to two two one B, and uh, on their way, they stop. They make one stop. They get there and they see movement behind the door, and they open it up. And who's there? It's Mycroft. Already back there, like waiting for him, which is great. How did you get here? And he's like, "I passed you when you stopped." Um, so well, Mycroft also, got just just before this, like on the way back, Hom- mm-hmm. Holmes just laying out everything they actually know because of this conversation from Mister Milaz and Watson's yep. like, "Okay, okay, okay, oh, uh huh, uh huh, yeah, uh, okay, uh, all right, sure." Uh, I'm glad we know this now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, but Mycroft is there because he got an answer to his ad. Somebody answered, wrote him, saying, hey, we, we know uh, this woman. We can tell her story. Um, but Sherlock is like, well, yeah, except the brother is the more important one because he's being starved to death and beaten, and they need, we need to go find him. So they're going to take off. They're going to go. Uh, they're going to get Mr. Malas. They're going to go to Scotland Yard, and then they're going to go and get the guys. Mm-hmm. But before they can get to Mr. Malas, Kemp shows up and uh. takes him. So then they're like, okay, well, I guess we'll just go to Scotland Yard. So they go to Scotland Yard, who won't do anything without a warrant. Yeah. To be need fair. It, need it signed by a magistrate. Which you can't just call. You can't just call. Mm-hmm. There's no phone to just call the magistrate, so... They're waiting and waiting and waiting. Meanwhile, Mr. Malas is once again doing the interpreting thing. Um, and the uh, the man, Paul Catrides, uh, is looking rough. He's mm-hmm. definitely hasn't eaten in a while. The threats are getting worse and worse. They finally break him by threatening to kill his sister. That's who the woman was. Um, and so he signs whatever paperwork they wanted. And they... Meanwhile, uh, you know, Holmes and Holmes and Watson are on their way there with the, the police. They get there too late, though. Mm-hmm. They get there and they find the place empty. Um, but in a room, they've locked uh, or they've, they've shut in Catrides and Malas with sulfur. They just burned yep. sulfur in the room and left him in there, which sadly killed Catrides. He was, I mean, he was he dead. Was not, he was hanging on yeah. by yeah. a thread anyway. It was the, the coup de gras, as it were. Well, I also love, like, just before getting in the house, they're stepping out of the carriage, and Holmes is like, hey, these tracks looks like they were made by a carriage loaded up. Just yeah. immediately, like, Heavy oh, yeah, by the way, I noticed this. Within here. the last half hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, Which, how he figured out the time, I don't know. I mean, I guess the wind Holmes. blowing from a direction may have yeah. put dirt on over time. Dude's slick. He knows yeah. what's up. Yeah. But they do find Molossus still alive. And I love, because it's, it's classic doctoring, the first thing Watson says is, get brandy. <laughs> yes. That's yep. his go-to for everything, is get somebody some brandy. Because he, uh, Dr. Watson, was a medical doctor in the Army. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a field doctor. So that's what you've yeah. got. Yep. Those uh, use options. what you have available. That and a bone saw. Those are your yep. two options. Yeah. <laughs> they do figure oh, out. I'm glad we were bored now. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so they, they figure out that the men left with Sophie, uh, 
Katridi's sister, and that they they find a book. They figured out that they were taking the boat train from London to Dover, and it only makes one stop, one stop. between those two in precisely twenty three minutes, mm-hmm. as Mycroft tells them. So the three of them take off, and they book it for the train station. They just get to the train as it's, it's leaving so the good. station. Mycroft getting on the train. Mycroft running for the train. As I use that quote, for running. (laughs) (laughs) But they get on the train, uh, and then I do love the scene with the ticket taker. Yes, Sherlock's reputation precedes him a lot because of Mm -hmm. the stories that Watson has been writing, and they've been getting published. Because that's uh, the whole conceit, right? Is that Arthur Conan Doyle is like, I was handed these. mm -hmm. Like right. it is all it is all put out under the guise of Doctor Watson wrote these. I'm just yeah. you know I'm just a vehicle. Yep. Um, but the ticket taker knew who Sherlock was and is all eager to help him. Um, and they there are two possibilities of cabins where the the two men and the woman could be. So Sherlock and Watson decide to go check it out, and they leave Mycroft sleeping in the cabin because he's fallen asleep yeah. again. Or has he? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they go, they find Latimer and Sophie in their cabin. Kemp, nowhere to be found. Um, I do like, again, it's another great kind of confrontation scene because at first Latimer's like, who are you? And he doesn't say his name. He doesn't, doesn't give away who they are. He just launches right into Sherlock mode, telling him yeah. like all this stuff. And then when, when Latimer says, uh, well, you know, I'll just call the the guard he's like please do please do my associate dr watson here would be happy to speak to him and that's Mm -hmm. like like, i'm not going to give you my name but i'll give you his name and that's when latimer's like oh dear i've made a mistake uh he tries a daring ish sort of grab (laughs) sophia thing but she Mm -hmm. wriggles away from him as the emergency door on their cabin opens up and he's hanging out the side of the train yeah, that oh. yeah, that was like an interesting choice. Mm-hmm. And then falls to his death. Uh, meanwhile, while all that's going on, we see Kemp is just sitting eating. And then the second time we see him, he's got a, a companion. And it's Mycroft yeah, sitting at the table with him. And when he gets up to leave, Mycroft gets up to, you know, because he's a gentleman, right? He's going to get up from the mm-hmm. table. The train jostles a little bit and they bump into each other. Uh, and then Kemp leaves. When he gets back, he finds Sherlock there with Sophie. And when he goes to pull his little derringer that he's got, Mycroft just shows up. I believe this is your, and he calls it a revolver. Yeah, he does. He he picked his pocket. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. it's great because if you know the stories at all, like you know exactly what happened in that moment immediately. But you could easily play it off Mm -hmm. as just Mycroft is a little bumbling. Because he even says, he even says like, oh, I forget my size. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Even though uh, oh, I, I knew I, something I knew. was up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew something was You don't, people don't bump into each other in a show without somebody taking something. <laughs> right. Like it's, you know, I did some meta thinking, uh, but I definitely knew he picked something out of his pockets. Uh, and then we cut to the police have captured him at the Dover station. They're taking Kemp away. They're taking Sophia away. Um, she did We've admit missed the entire, yeah, we, we missed the entire part of her talking, uh, like the back and forth where they're like, she's like, no, we're going to get married on the mm-hmm. continent. 
And he's like, he killed your brother. N- no, no, he's going to meet it. And the guy's like, don't even right. worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> don't this. Yes. Yeah, this the you don't believe them, do you? And they're like, no, no, he's yeah. dead. And so mm-hmm. that's like, because we have to get to uh, women. We, gotta, we haven't uh-huh. gotten. <laughs> that, is, that is a thing with Sherlock <laughs> is he does not trust women. Uh, Say for one, he, kind of. Well, which is also the reason that he doesn't trust. Him. Right. I mean, he trusts, and honestly, uh, he you trusts, can kind um, of. Um, um, oh, Mrs. Hudson. Mrs. Hudson. Mm-hmm. Yes. For sure. That's it. But that's what mm-hmm. I'm saying. If they're not a housekeeper or like a matron, <laughs> he's out. He's like, but no, thank you. If, if, you're, if you had gone through what he did with Irene Adler, you probably well, wouldn't trust saying. many either. So. Yeah. Read a yeah. scandal in Bohemia. You'll you'll know what so what we're talking about. It's a good one. It's going on the list. But still, Sophie seems like cut right out of Holmes's depiction of women. She's already seen her brother beaten up by these guys and doesn't think that much of it, and then is surprised when he's killed by them yeah, and still like, wants to marry one. And like, yeah, okay. she doesn't want to be a spinster. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> to be fair, her options or other options are limited, and we saw some of them, and they were great. Those two ladies were having sure. a great evening. Yes, they were. Oh, they were with their rosy cheeks. They were <laughs> the rosiest gotta look of real, ha- real healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Makeup back then otherwise. was uh, was something else. Let me yeah. tell you. <laughs> I'll just take this lipstick and rub it on my cheeks too. Yeah. Yeah. That'll make the men really think I'm something else. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> the police take away Kemp. They take away Sophie, who, as Holmes puts it. Um, after questioning, nothing will happen to her because there there's nothing illegal about a cold heart. Uh, and then Mycroft is like, well, this business is dumb. I'm going back to the club. <laughs> nothing else to do with it. I am exhausted. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we a very end, busy evening. Yeah. And we end with one of my favorite things, which is Holmes walking <laughs> off into the mist. I do love that shot of him just disappearing off the train platform into the fog. Um, yep. And that is a very the, nice shot. It ends the episode, the Greek interpreter. Um, again, it's not, not one of my favorite episodes of this series, but I thought it was a very good one as an introduction to Sherlock Holmes. You get to meet his brother. You get to meet, it's a fun mystery. There's a slight change from the original story, which is the bit at the end with the train in the story. They just get away. And then what happens is they get away and Holmes reads in a newspaper several days later about the fact that Latimer and Kemp were found dead. And the implication is either that they turned on each other and killed each other or that maybe Sophie exacted some revenge. It's left Mm. somewhat open-ended, but we don't get the resolution of like anyone getting caught. It's just they read that in the paper a few days later. Um, They did change that up for a little more of a wrap up and kind of dramatic ending on the train. Sure. Um, which I think yeah. them sitting we're... at them sitting in the living room, reading the newspaper is not like a real boffo yeah. ending. No. Yeah. Yeah. It works. Oh, it works boy. better in a visual medium the way that they yeah, did. Yeah, yeah. Here. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I, I mentioned Jeremy Brett earlier is like being reluctant to take the, the role. One of the things that I found fascinating about him was he's so good as Sherlock Holmes. And yet he's always, I've seen him in several interviews say, well, the character is better read than it is seen. Like, it's really mm. a character to read 
much more than anything else. And one of the things he liked was doing this series. People were using that as a way to get people interested in the character and then read about him and read the stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he very much liked that. So, yeah, it in a, in a uh, book form, in a short story like this was, I do think that the original ending does work. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't work in a TV series. You need something. And, yeah. you know, their budget wasn't great, so it's not like they have a bunch of stunt work to do, so we just get a guy hanging off a train sort of loosely, and then he falls, mm-hmm. <laughs> which it's is fine. a little cheese ball, but I'm fine with it. Um, so that was the Greek interpreter. I want to know, what did you think, Audie? What did you think of that? I dug it. This was good. It was really fun. Um, I don't know if I'll go back and watch anymore, but I'm definitely open to it if it's on, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But I dug it. It was good. It was funny to, again, my most, the Sherlock I know the most is the more recent Cumberbatch Freeman Sherlock. So that's what I was kind of comparing it to in my head. So mm-hmm. seeing Mycroft the way he was, was just hilarious. And him <laughs> and Sherlock bouncing off one, one another the entire episode was great. So um, it was a lot of fun. Excellent. Stephen, how about you? What did you think of it? Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, the episode. It was fun to watch the characters interact, like like Adi said, and the villain just was awesome to me. I just mm-hmm. really liked watching that dude. Uh, like overall, though, I am not a good mystery TV watcher. I'm real <laughs> bad at retaining information, and so like mysteries expect you to remember things that happened in the beginning, in the middle, and I'm much more just like scene for scene. Like, I've watched shows before and been like, I really love that show. And like, oh, what's it about? I have no idea. Uh, but the scenes that I'm watching are really good by themselves. Like, it's, House of Cards was that way for me. I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm really enjoying watching things happen. Listen, so th- uh, <laughs> I did, when the first season of Only Murders in the Building, yeah. I had a notebook. Yeah. I was like oh, in it, wow. and then they just blew the whole thing up, and I got—I was so mad for like three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and have a cooling off period because I was like, "This is the dumbest thing in the world." And then I—that and the fact that they expect you to believe that Martin Short spent forty thousand dollars to launch their podcast. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you got insider information I was there. Like, that was, you yeah. broke it yourself. Not. Um, yeah, so don't, you know, sometimes that's not a terrible thing. You can just enjoy the yeah. story. It's cool. Yeah, there's exactly. nothing wrong So with... I, like, I didn't understand. Like, you, you going over the ending just now, I'm like, but there's, what all happened? Like, I'm still playing it back in my head, trying to figure it out. <laughs> that being said, I really liked watching it, and it was fun. But don't ask me to explain what yeah. the mystery was or how it was solved. I don't have a flipping yeah. clue. Perfectly But fair. I liked it a lot. One of the great things yeah. about this series is that they're all self-contained stories because they held so closely mm-hmm. to the original yeah. stories that you can just watch any one of them. It doesn't matter. There's no through line. There's no, no real – there's very little serialized storytelling. There's a couple – like there's a – there's a mention of Moriarty at the end of one episode, and then you see him in another mm-hmm. one. And they do have um, the end of this run of 13 episodes ended with the final problem, which is the episode that, or the the story that originally ended Sherlock Holmes. He died on Reichenbach Falls. I just realized that Stephen is going to get to meet Next Generation Moriarty, and I yes. am Ooh. so excited for that. And I totally <laughs> forgot, and now Ooh. I am delighted. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. It's so funny. Like, I, I use that phrase all the time when I run across like somebody at work that's just giving me the runaround. I'm like, I think I've met my Moriarty. <laughs> <laughs> like, I use that all the time. I have those names, man. They're just so, mm-hmm. so cool. They're just mm-hmm. ingrained. They're almost words used to describe things. They're like, oh, is that a character in a book? I just always called my arch nemesis to Moriarty. <laughs> you know, it's kind of cool how it's worked its way into just uh, our, our culture. Yeah. yeah. Amy, how about you? What did you think of the, this episode and the series? Fantastic. And now I like want like now I'm all like itchy for more homes. Like I gotta go back. I gotta watch everything else. I gotta yeah. <laughs> no, if, I'm back it, in it. If you want to know episodes of Jeremy Brett's run to watch, I can tell you plenty of them because okay. I I have watched them all. I, mean, I love all of it, all. but just watch them all because they're they're <laughs> just all good. All. I'll send you a link to the YouTube playlist so you you just have them. Sweet. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a lot of fun going back to this cause it's been a, it's been a couple of years since I've watched it. I went through the whole series a few years ago. Um, I, I revisit it all the time, but I love just different incarnations, different iterations of Sherlock Holmes, but mm-hmm. I always do come back to this one at some point and watch some of it. Um, just because Jeremy Brett, he's just amazing, but, uh, I'm glad that you all enjoyed it. It's really, really fun. And this is again, that, that great kind of just background TV you can throw on to or, you know, be Stephen's goldfish brain with uh, with TV mysteries. <laughs> so just, just enjoy yeah. them in the moment. Um, it is a very different style of television. That's for sure. Like it, it is deliberately paced, and there's not oh, a lot yeah. of music. There's a lot of scenes that have almost no, like very little sound, mm-hmm. um, except for what's going on in the room. But uh, as long as you can adjust to that, and it doesn't that doesn't bother you, it's a lot of fun. It's stylistically like the polar opposite of the BBC Sherlock in a lot of ways. Like if you watch that series, that is – because it's modern. Right. That is totally modern. Not only from the setting but also like the style and production, Mm -hmm. whereas this is very old uh, production. Mm -hmm. But I'm really glad you guys enjoyed this because this was – this show is very near and dear to my heart. Um, So this was a lot of fun for me to, to get to revisit and get to talk to you about. Thank you. Nice. Uh, Thank we, you. We got some feedback, by the way. Um, yeah, no email, feedback. Uh, but uh, Skizix, who is often in our chat, um, first of all, we, uh, before we get to the feedback, I should say next week we start a new um, new round of episodes, and we finished our poll, and what won the poll was music musicals musicals yeah or music oriented tv yes Mm -hmm. so we're going to be doing a month of that that'll be fun and skizix wrote to uh, the twitter account which is at those days show you can send us a dm or a a reply there uh yay musicals won the poll i almost forgot there was one more week of the current theme and was lamenting the irony of missing the first musical themed episode due to musical dress rehearsal for Hunchback of Notre Dame. Uh, I must confess that I have only watched the Benedict Cumberbatch, or as they said, Benedict Cucumber version of Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> yes. But always excited to learn about some some of the classics. Well, hopefully we were able to, uh, to give you something uh, fun to mm-hmm. talk about, and you can check that out. And um, I'll also, we'll put the link for maybe the, the playlist in the show notes for this. As yeah. Well. So you we can find do, that. Yeah, we should that. do that. Mm. 
Put that oh. in our little super secret group chat, and yeah. I'll put it in the notes. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, but mm. yeah, that was Sherlock Holmes, and next week we're doing musicals. And uh, who's starting us off? Audie's starting us off on musicals, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this was musicals has been one that I've been trying to get us to do for a while now. So I'm <laughs> happy we're finally doing this because we're doing a show that's uh, one that I grew up with, and one of those that I've wanted to do since we started this podcast. So we are going to watch Kids Incorporated. Oh snap! Ooh. Season That's 2, episode 23, Material Girl. And I'm doing that one because it's on YouTube and it's been remastered and it's a real good quality. So nice. it won't break oh, you to watch it. Kids uh, Incorporated. Kids Incorporated. name I have not heard. I have not mm-hmm. heard that name. Yeah. I don't even know if I know this show. Ooh, even better. <laughs> yeah, this will be so, fun. Yes, this will be fun. So... Buckle up, kids. We're going to watch the kids incorporated. Um, <laughs> oh, dang. There's some, uh, there's, well, there's some names on this show. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And we'll get into it for sure. Um, but <laughs> I'll, I'll give Stephen the YouTube link for that too. And you can have that in the show yeah. notes for next week. So it'll be there. There you Excellent. go. So next week, Kids Incorporated, we start off musical month, musical March. All right. Ooh. <laughs> That's cool. That's great. That's better than March Madness. I mean, technically, uh, be end of February into March, but I'm just going to call it Musical March. That's what we're doing. It's uh, March next yeah. week. Yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's March next week. Oh, that's we right. We only have 29 days I'm in sorry. February. Mm-hmm. You're right. So Musical March, beginning yeah. next week with Kids yeah. Incorporated. All right. See, I know what I'm doing. I know days. Um, we got this. If you want to send us feedback at those days show on Twitter. Uh, any of the social medias, you can find me, uh, TV's Travis. Steven's out there for on some. Amy's on some. Danny Ora, Steve H&H. You got the Audie Norman. You can find us out yep. there. Uh, you can also email us. All those links us. are in the, the uh, show notes, too. Excellent. All that stuff goes in the show notes. Good. Yeah. And then you can also email us at thosewerethedayshow at gmail.com. Uh, we love your feedback. We love hearing from you. Thank you, Skeezix, for, yep. uh, for writing in this week. Yeah. We're also uh, so super un- open to oh. suggestions for topics and stuff absolutely. to put in yes. the polls. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Sure. We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. We absolutely do. We're ready to crowdsource some of it. Tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The well is running a little bit dry is what we're trying to say. Yeah. Chat yeah. GPT only has so many answers, yeah. you know. <laughs> Come at us, normal humans. Uh, so and plus, until- this show's for you. So, you know, if yeah. you have a request yeah. and there's something you'd like to hear about, Definitely let us know. 100%. Yeah, we work unpaid for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So until next week and our kickoff of Musical March for Amy, for Stephen, for Audie, I am Travis saying uh, have a good night. uh, And it's elementary, my dear Watson.